for people who really struggle with depression. And, and that's a huge thing in our society. And God, ha you might be thinking if you were ever struggling with depression, you might be thinking, well, I'm alone in this. Well, chances are you're not alone and you're not the only one who's ever felt that way. Even if you are a believer, you're not the only believer who's ever felt that way. There is a, an example in the Bible of somebody that struggled with depression right after a major victory, and that's where we're going to go tonight. All right, so this is Elijah's struggle. This is where we're going to go tonight with this one. Elijah's struggle. And it can be found, the story can be found in 1 Kings chapter 19, verses 1 through 21. So I've got two different versions of the Bible tonight that I'm going to read from. I've got the NLT and the um, Amplified Bible. So I'm going to read first out of the NLT. I should have marked this, but I did not. But um, the NLT. So 1 Kings chapter 19. So in the NLT, here's what it says. Let me move my computer out of the way here. So in the NLT, this is what it says. If you go back, if you go backwards a little bit into chapter 18, this the scenario is that Elijah has this awesome victory. Um, the prophets of Baal were were trying to conjure up some kind of an incantation and trying to sacrifice and it just would not work out. Elijah had made the situation impossible for his stuff, for, for our God to do something. But you all know that with, with God, nothing is impossible. So what happened here is God showed up and showed out big and Elijah wound up killing the prophets of Baal or executing the prophets of Baal as a result of their sin and a result of their actions. So what happens next is right after this major victory. And a lot of you have heard them story, that story before. So what happens next is right after this major victory. It says, When Ahab got home, he told Jezebel everything Elijah had done, including the way he had killed the prophets of Baal. So Jezebel sent this message to Elijah. May the gods, little g gods, strike me and even kill me if by this time tomorrow I have not killed you just as you killed them. Elijah was afraid and fled for his life. When he went to, or he, I'm sorry, he went to Beersheba, a town in Judah, and he left his servant there. Then he went on alone into the wilderness, traveling all day. He sat under a solitary broom tree and prayed that he might die. I've had enough, Lord, he said. Take my life. For I am no long, I am no better than my ancestors who have already died. So I'm going to stop right there. This is Elijah. And he is depressed to a point where he is asking for his life to be taken. He is upset and depressed, so depressed that he wants to die. Now, whether you want to interpret that as him being suicidal or not, I'm not here to judge that. What I do know is he was depressed enough to die. And there are people who struggle with that. And some people reach that point that they're so depressed that they want to die. They might not want to do anything to, to bring that process on, but they're so depressed that they want to die. I understand that there's this character is not a character. This is a real life person in the Bible. This is an actual account. It's not a story. It's an account. This in this account, Elijah, a great man of faith, a great prophet of the Lord had this same issue. 
So, so don't think that just because you're having that issue that God is done with you or God is that you're somehow some sub-Christian that, no, that's not it at all. We're victorious. We're supposed to walk in victory. And that's what Elijah's or God's about to bring Elijah into. So going on with this here, verse five, then he lay down and slept under the broom tree. But as he was sleeping, an angel, an angel touched him and told him, get up and eat. He looked around there and there beside his head was some bread baked on hot stones and a jar of water. So he ate and drank and lay down again. Then the angel of the Lord came and said, or came in again and touched him again and said, get up and eat some more or the journey ahead will be too much for you. So he got up and ate and drank and the food gave him enough strength to travel 40 days and 40 nights to Mount Sinai, the mountain of God. There he came to a cave where he spent the night. But the Lord said to him, what are you doing here, Elijah? In verse 10, Elijah replied, I have zealously served the Lord God Almighty, but the people of Israel have broken their covenant with you, torn down your altars, and killed every one of your prophets. I am the only one left, and now they're trying to kill me too. Go out and stand before me on the mountain, the Lord told him. And Elijah stood there, and the Lord passed by, and a mighty wind, I'm, I'm sorry, and a mighty windstorm hit the mountain. It was such a terrible blast that the rocks were torn loose, but the Lord was not in the wind. After the wind, there was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. After the earthquake, there was a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, there was the sound of a gentle whisper. When Elijah heard it, he wrapped his face in his cloak and went out and stood at the entrance of the cave. And a voice said, What are you doing here, Elijah? He again replied, I have zealously served the Lord God Almighty, but the people of Israel have broken their covenant with you, torn down your altars, and killed every one of your prophets, and I am the only one left, and now they're trying to kill me. The Lord told him, Then the Lord told him, Go back to the same way you came, and travel to the wilderness of Damascus. When you arrive there, anoint Hazael to be king of Aram. Then anoint Jehu, grandson of Nimshi, to be king of Israel. And anoint Elisha, son of Shaphat, from the town of Abel-Mahoalah, to replace you as my prophet. Anyone who escapes from Hazael will be killed by Jehu, and those who escape Jehu will be killed by Elisha. Yet I will preserve 7,000 others in Israel who have never bowed down to Baal or kissed him. So Elisha went, I'm sorry, Elijah went and found the son of Elisha, the son of Shaphat, plowing a field. There were 12 teams of oxen in the field, and Elisha was plowing with the 12th team. Elijah went over to him, threw his cloak across his shoulders, and then he walked away. Elisha left the oxen standing there, ran after Elijah and said to him, First, let me go kiss my father and my mother goodbye. Then I will go with you. Elijah replied, Go back, but think about what I have done for you or done to you. So Elisha returned to his oxen and slaughtered them. He used the wood from the plow to build a fire to roast their flesh. 
he passed around the meat to the townspeople and they all ate. Then he went with Elijah as his assistant. So there's a lot in this story. I know I did a lot of reading and I'm, I'm for the sake of time, I'm only going to read from the NLT tonight. I knew I said I was going to read from the Amplified, but for the sake of time, uh, because it was so much reading, I'm going to, I'm going to just read from the NLT tonight. So one of the things I want to look at is, um, depression sometimes hits right after a major triumph or right after a major victory, right after a major moment in our lives. That's sometimes when the depression hits. And that's because our enemy knows you're on a spiritual high and he wants you, he wants to bring you back low. He wants to bring you low. And, and that's, it's a trick of the enemy and recognize it as a trick of the enemy. Now I understand there are some people who struggle with depression and it's more than to them. It's more than a trick. Understand this. I'm not coming if somebody, I'm not doing this podcast as somebody that has never struggled with this. This is a current struggle that I deal with periodically. Um, unfortunately, sometimes it's more than periodically. This is a, this is a struggle that I have more often than I'd like to admit. Okay. So I'm not talking about, I'm not talking as somebody that's never understood this, never struggled with this. I know this struggle and it is a real one. And, and I'm hoping this passage ministers to anybody else struggling with this as much as it has me. Okay. But anyways, this, this post victory, there's threats, depression, and there's comfort in verses one through seven. So Jezebel vows to kill Elijah to avenge the death of her prophets. Then Elijah runs for his life. So here's a prophet that just, God really showed out big. I mean, he soaked this altar with water. There's no way scientifically that that thing would have caught fire. But when God showed up, he showed up big. And um, let me see if I can find that verse. Give me one moment here. Verse 36 out of chapter 18. At the usual time for the offering, for offering the, the evening sacrifice, Elijah the prophet walked up to the altar and prayed, O Lord, God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, prove today that you are God in Israel and that I am your servant. Prove that I have done all this, sorry, I was getting a text message on my phone and distracted me. Prove that I have done all this at your command. Oh Lord, answer me. Answer me so that these people will know that you, O oh Lord, are God and that you have brought them back for yourself. Immediately the fire of the Lord, verse 38, immediately the fire of the Lord flashed down from heaven and burnt up the young bull, the wood, the stones, and the dust. It even licked up all the water in the trench. And when all the people saw it, they fell face down on the ground and cried out, The Lord, He is God. Yes, the Lord is God. So God really showed up. When He, when he put this fire out from heaven, when He sent this fire from heaven, the young bull, the wood that was soaked with water, the stones and even the dust and even the water and the trench was all gone immediately. That was such an intense flame. Okay. God just does this. And all of a sudden here's Jezebel. Well, I'm going to kill you now. <laughs> Poor Elijah. He got his eyes on the president and failed to see God at the moment. And, and when we're going through depression, it's, it's, it's tough for, it's easy for me to sit here tonight and say this from the comfort of where I'm sitting right now, but it's, it's, it's another thing to go through that. And I know the difficulty. I know the struggle. And it bears repeating because I have to remind myself too. 
Just because there's a Jezebel spirit out there trying to take your joy, trying to take your victory, that Jezebel spirit is not of God. You are a victorious person in the Lord Jesus Christ. He, if he's giving you victory, y'all, that is a true victory worth living in, worth celebrating in, worth walking in every day of your life. Elijah found this place in the desert and he collapses under this tree. Then he, there he prays that he'll die. But then what happens next is the angel of the Lord comes and comforts him and he fed him. So just when we're in this tough, tough depression and we might ask for the Lord to take our life. Okay. And I, I hope none of you get to that point, but it's possible that, that it happens. And it's, um, it happens. But just because you're in that situation, God is not going to leave you high and dry. First of all, you're not alone. You have other brothers and sisters that will help you. Here, God didn't leave him alone. Elijah withdraws to a solitary place. And then he, he collapses under a tree and he asks to die. Then this angel of the Lord comes and comforts him and fed him. I mean, he fed him quite... I mean, imagine being hungry and all of a sudden... What happens is you get these nice stones. I mean, get up and eat, verse verse 5. But as he was sleeping, an angel touched him and told him, get up and eat. He looked around him in verse 6, and there beside his bed was some bread baked on hot stones. Y'all, I, I know what bread is like when it's baked in a really nice brick oven. Pizza made in a brick oven on a hot pizza stone is awesome. But imagine bread baked on hot stones from the Lord himself. Imagine how good that tastes. No wonder it refreshed him. Okay. But then he, God comforts him. Say, God finds a way to comfort us in the midst of our turmoil. But understand that when you're going through this, don't take your eyes off the victory. Live in the victory. Don't live in the defeat. That is, I know it's easy to say, if you're struggling with depression tonight, I know it's easy for me to say this. But again, remember, I'm one that struggles with this. So I need this as a reminder to myself also. Okay. Then you have this, uh, this confrontation. There are orders and then there's a correction. So after being strengthened by the angel, Elijah traveled to a cave at Mount Sinai. There the Lord confronts him. Okay. So ver I was looking at chat verse 8 through 18. So the Lord says um, in the middle of verse 9, what are you doing here, Elijah? And Elijah says, Elijah tells him, he starts complaining about the situation. The Lord told him, you know, he tells him, I have zealously served the Lord God Almighty, but the people of Israel have broken their covenant with you, torn down your altars and killed every one of your prophets. I am the only one left. And now they're trying to kill me too. Does, does Elijah have a legitimate complaint? Yes. It can be summed up by saying life is not fair and I don't like it. Life is not fair. And there's times where we don't like that it's not fair. It's not fair that, that I want to give examples. Life is not fair. It's not fair that this person gets a blessing and this person does not, but that's what happens. Okay. And we don't know the ins and outs. We're not God. And here's my, here's Corey's definition of sovereignty. Okay. God is God. I am not. He gets to make those calls. I don't. And we don't know the ins and outs of that. We don't know how, why God moves in the different ways he moves. And sometimes it might not be God moving at all in that situation. Sometimes life happens. 
But anyways, life isn't fair. And for Elijah, it certainly wasn't fair. He felt defeated. Okay. So after being strengthened by the angel, he goes there and there's this confrontation. After Elijah complains about the situation, the Lord told him to stand outside the cave. Then what happened next is awesome. The Lord passed by, but not in the windstorm, not in the earthquake, or not in the fire. The Lord came to him in this gentle whisper, asking why he's there. So I love the way the Bible puts this. Go out in verse 11. Go out and stand before me on the mountain, the Lord told him. And as Elijah stood there, the Lord passed by. You know, there's something to be said about the very presence of God and what that means for a believer. Never discount that. Never discount that. The presence of God is priceless. And it doesn't matter what kind of a mood you're in. It doesn't matter what you have going on in your life. The presence of God matters greatly. There's healing in his presence. There's a lot of healing in his presence. And what happens next kind of shows this. Okay. Then the Lord passed by and a mighty windstorm hit the mountain. This windstorm was such a windstorm that the Bible says it was such a terrible blast that the rocks were torn loose. I've experienced some intense winds. My church family was down in Memphis, Texas, recently at a revival service where winds of 114 miles an hour with hail were hitting that building and it's a metal building. And I heard, I wasn't there in that building that night, but I heard the, the sound was so intense that people had to plug their ears. This wind was so, that Elijah was seeing and experiencing was so intense that it, the blast from it tore the rocks from the mountain loose. That's an intense wind to rip apart rocks. That's an intense wind. But the Lord was not in the wind. After the wind, there was an earthquake. And you can imagine the earthquake being pretty intense also. The context of the passage tells me this. But the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, there was a fire. And you can imagine the fire being intense due to the context of the passage. But the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, there was a sound of a gentle whisper. You know, that's still small voice. There are times where the Holy Spirit talks to us and, and God speaks to us in a very loud manner. But a lot of the times, it's that still small voice. And you're wondering, God, where were you in this? It's that still small voice that's saying, hey, I'm still here. And I don't imagine when God's saying, what are you doing here, Elijah? I don't imagine him saying, what are you doing here, Elijah? I don't see him saying that. I see him out of gentle concern for his child saying, what are you doing here, Elijah? Out of concern. Of course, God knows the answer, but still. Okay. But it, God was in that still small voice. And, and it's like that. He works in our lives just like that. It's gentle whisper. Then we see these orders. Okay. The Lord ordered Elijah to do three different things. He tells him to go anoint Hazael, king of Aram. Anoint Jehu, the king of Israel, in verse 16. And then anoint Elisha to succeed him as prophet. Okay, and then you see this correction, and I, I really like the correction here in verse, uh, ver, I believe it's verse 18. Let me look real quick. Yes, verse 18, I believe. Let me find it. Okay, let me read 17 and 18. Anyone who escapes Hazael will be killed by Jehu, and, in, and anyone who escapes Jehu will be killed by Elisha. 
yet I will preserve 7,000 others in Israel who have never bowed down to Baal or kissed him. Let me back this up a little bit. Look back at Elijah's complaint. Look here, 7,000 others in Israel who have never bowed down or to Baal or kissed him. And look back at Elijah's complaint. I've zealously served the Lord God Almighty, but the people of Israel have broken their covenant with you, torn down your altars, and killed every one of your prophets. I am the only one left, and now they're trying to kill me too. Elijah feels alone. But yet God's trying to tell him there's 7,000 others there with you that have, that have kept the faith. They've never bowed down to Baal or kissed him. There's 7,000 others. Elijah, you think you're alone, but there's 7,000 others ready to join arms with you for more blessings of the Lord. So that correction was really needed. There's a big difference between actually being alone and having others that are ready to worship with you where you're not alone. And I'm telling you, if you're struggling tonight with depression or if you know somebody that's struggling with this, they are not alone. You are not alone. You're not alone in your struggle. You're not alone going through this. There are other people with you. There are people in your life that care about you. They might not be the best at showing it, but there are others that care very much about you. But then we see in verse, um, verses 19 through 21 where Elisha was selected and then there's this apprenticeship. So verse 19 through 21 again here. Um, so Elijah went and found Elisha, the son of Shaphat, uh, Shaphat, plowing a field. There were 12 teams of oxen plowing the field and Elisha was plowing the 12th team. Elijah, Elijah, excuse me, went over to him and threw his cloak across his shoulders and walked away. This was his way of saying, you are chosen to do something special. Okay. Verse 20, Elisha left the oxen standing there, ran after Elijah and said to him, first, let me go and kiss my father and mother goodbye, and then I will go with you. Elijah replied, go on back, but think about what I have done to you. So Elisha returned to his oxen and slaughtered them. He used the wood from the plow to build a fire to roast their flesh and he passed it I'm sorry he passed around the meat to the townspeople and they all ate then he went with Elijah as his assistant so Elisha when he gets this call doesn't even hesitate okay he knows what what it meant when Elijah threw his cloak over him he knew what that meant so he hunt, chases him down hey Elijah let me go say bye to my parents first and Elijah's like go ahead and I don't know whether he did or not, but what the Bible says is he went back to those oxen, slaughtered them, cooked the meat, fed the townspeople with the meat, and then joined Elijah. So get this, Elijah thinks he's alone. But had Elijah not stayed, had Elijah stayed stuck in this place of depression, had Elijah stayed stuck in wanting to die. Verse 21 never would have happened. Verse 21 then the end of verse 21, then he went with Elijah to be his, as his assistant. Elisha was a major blessing to Elijah. Elisha was exactly what Elijah needed. And Elisha received a double portion of the anointing that Elijah had on his life. So here's some ways that I think this applies. Okay. Sometimes our biggest struggles do come after major achievements. And you got to be mindful of that because after a major achievement, you are on an emotional high, sometimes a spiritual high, and that's when Satan likes to attack you. 
Okay. So when, when God's blessing you and you're loving these blessings and you're living in these blessings, which we should do understand that sometimes after these biggest, after these major things happen in our lives and for good, then sometimes our biggest struggles come right after that. And if you know that it's a ploy of the enemy, then we can have that in the back of our mind as the enemy's trying to attack. Okay. Elijah just experienced the biggest highlight of his earthly life, yet he's depressed to the point of wanting to die. But we can often experience these great discouraging things after great achievements. And we've got to be careful with that. The second thing here is that depression can actually lead to isolation. So if you notice when Elijah was depressed, he went and withdrew. He, he wanted to be alone. Verse 4. Then he went alone into the wilderness, traveling all day. He wasn't just isolating himself a little bit. He went all day long to be by himself. He sat down under a solitary broom tree. He didn't even go to a group of trees. He was so alone that he wanted to sit under a lone tree. And he prayed that he might die. Okay. Depression, depression can lead to that isolation. And, and, and here's the thing. We're not meant to be living alone. We're not meant to be alone. We're actually created for community. People are not meant to be isolated. This is why back in 2020 and in 2021, when people were having to social distance and isolate, this is why so many people got depressed is because we're not meant to be that way. We're not meant to be isolated people. We're created for community. That is what God designed us to be, how he designed us to be. And this is what we're doing. So if we're going against that, then we're going against what God wants in our lives and going against his plan for us. So don't let discouragement or depression isolate you from other people. This is when you need others even more than ever. Don't feel like you need to be isolated. You don't need to be isolated. As a matter of fact, I'm begging you, don't be isolated if you're depre dealing with depression. You're not walking through this by yourself. You don't have to. And you really don't need to. What you do need to do is reach out to some godly people. If nothing else, just go hang out with a friend. Get your mind off the stuff and go hang out with a friend. That'll help you too. Okay. But depression might tell us alone, but we're actually not alone. So here in verse 18, there's an entire mountaintop of people who had just turned back to God. An entire mountaintop full of people that just turned back to God. Okay. I mean... It doesn't get much clearer than that to me. 7,000 others in Israel who have never bowed down to Baal or kissed him. An entire mountaintop full of people. So, God counseled Elijah personally, using a whisper, not a storm, earthquake, or a fire. Look for the friends. Look for other people who are other like-minded believers. Build those friendships. Be intentional about it. You might not be an outgoing person. Guess what? I wasn't either. But God took me out of that and helped me be more outgoing. And that has been one of the biggest blessings of my life. And then God counsels Elijah personally. Understand what the whole, who the Holy Spirit is in our lives. One of his many roles is wonderful counselor. He is a comforter, a counselor. Let him do what he wants to do in your life. Let him counsel you. And, and a lot of times it's not going to be in a, in, a, in a very strong manner. It's not going to be an earthquake, a strong wind or a fire. It's going to be that small voice, that whisper, that gentle whisper. Why? Because that's how the Holy Spirit works. He's not pushy. We're not alone. 
and you're not alone. Another thing is, it's good to get up. In, verse, in chapter 19, verse 5, the angel told him to get up and eat. And then he repeated it again later on. Okay, Though we want to wallow in discouragement, and when we're discouraged, we have to get up. Do something. Don't be stuck in it. Even if all you do is get up and get out of the house for a little bit, don't be stuck in it. It's good to get up. Friends and family also help greatly. Elijah had the angel of the Lord. We have those, but we also have each other and other like-minded brothers and sisters. And if you look here at the end, God placed somebody very special in Elijah's life. He placed Elisha in his life. And if Elijah, I'm convinced, y'all, the Bible doesn't say it here, but I'm convinced. If Elijah would have stayed stuck in that cave and would have stayed isolated under that broom tree, his friendship and closeness to Elijah, Elisha never would have happened. So if you want to walk into your next blessing, don't stay stuck in this moment that is holding you down. Walk into that next blessing. Listen for the Lord's voice and be mindful about that and walk in it. And then that's the last point I want to hit tonight is move forward in your purpose. We all have an our God-ordained and our God-called purpose, and we're supposed to move forward into it and walking into it. And it might not look the same for each of us. Okay, and here's the other thing. What you want and what God wants is sometimes two different things. So it's super huge to pray for import, pray for discernment. Okay. Because you want to follow what God's leading you to do. So I hope this has been somewhat of a blessing to you. It, um, it's not an easy subject to talk about, but I hope it's been a blessing to you. And uh, understand when it comes to depression, that's not God's will for us. It's not what we're supposed to be stuck in. And we're supposed to walk in victory. So walk in victory. When we're, when we're facing that battle, walk in victory. Don't be alone. Don't isolate. Get with what the Lord wants you to go through. With Him. With other brothers and sisters. Remember, you're not created to be alone. You don't have to deal with a depressing season alone. You don't have to deal with long-term depression alone. We have each other. And we have God Himself. So I hope this has been a blessing to you. And um, let me end this by praying for you and then we'll be done for tonight. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for this story. Thank you for the ministry of Elijah and how you used him. And, and even though he was depressed for this season in his life, for this moment in his life, he didn't stay stuck in it. You brought him Elisha. You brought him your presence. And you strengthened him. Lord, for anybody tonight that's dealing with depression, that's either listening live or maybe listening in the later at a later thing on the podcast itself. Um, Father, I lift them up to you. I pray that your word illuminates to their heart and that you walk with them and help them reach out to other people in their lives. Thank you for your love, your kindness, your mercy, your forgiveness of our sins, and for your very presence. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, well, thank you for taking the time to listen tonight. Uh, our new time is going to be Thursday evenings. I'm aiming for around 7, 7.30. I was a little bit late getting on here tonight, but I wanted to make sure I got a podcast out this week. I missed last week due to some other stuff I had going on. But thank you again for all your support and for taking the time to listen to this podcast. You guys are a blessing to me, and I hope I'm a blessing to you also. So thank you again. I hope you have a great night, and we'll talk to you guys real soon.